This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Monday, uh, no, it's not it's Monday, it's Sunday the 30th of May 2021. Welcome back to the Seasiders podcast, Match Reaction Show, and this is an absolute special show because we have won promotion to the championship via the playoffs. We did it, boys, we did it. I'm John Aspinall, and this is the Seasiders podcast, Match Reaction Show, Blackpool 2, Lincoln 1, and the League 1 playoff final. Welcome everybody to Seaside's podcast match reaction show coming you to you live on a, a Monday evening. The calm after the storm, gentlemen. The calm after the storm. Oh, Tim's just gone. Tim's just dropped off. Little Tim out in Kent. So we've still got Nick. Welcome, Nick. How are you doing? Uh, I'm looking a bit sunburnt, aren't I? I've uh, just realised that I've, uh, I've caught the sun. And also you said it was uh, Sunday. I know. I did, I, did I not correct myself straight away? No. Didn't I? No, you said, no, it's Sunday. I will forgive you, though, because you've all been leathered for the last 48 hours. Yeah, what day is it? I think I've had a four-hour sleep last night. I think I had three hours the night before. Couldn't couldn't get to sleep on the night of the playoffs. Matt, how are you doing? I'm all right. I'm I'm fresh as a daisy. I've just got, unfortunately, I've got the, the voice of a 13-year-old again. And me, I think my balls have dropped and I'm croaking and all sorts. But <laughs> apart from that, I'm, I'm really well and... Uh, Yes, I am sober as well, so I've got an early start tomorrow. Are you at so work tomorrow? No, we, we just got a family day out, so, um, you know, I've got to be behind the wheel at some point in my life sober, so I thought I'd try it. <laughs> Tim was here, ladies and gentlemen. He was here, but now he's gone. He's on, a, on his family family trip in Kent, is it, Nick, he's gone to? He has, yes. It's a very nice-looking gaff from his... Uh, his video he did for the pod on Friday night. Very partridge-esque, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Spring from the host house. <laughs> um, right, welcome everybody in the comments. Thanks for joining us this evening. 
it's going to be a bit of an ad-lib show, this, because I'm sure none of us can remember much of the game. No, I certainly can't. Um, welcome in the comments, everybody. Welcome on the audio pod. Uh, Frankie and Benny, who's in the bed, John? You're going to wake them up. <laughs> Reference that behind me. I've got family staying over at the moment, and that's my nephew. He's dossing down on the floor in the podcast room. He was... He was quite pleased to be uh, to be doing that. So yeah, uh, Sean, welcome. Incredible weekend. Just home. I need about three days to recover. Sean, I was just going to say, come on, if Tim doesn't make it, but Tim's now in a in a room with beams. Good evening, Tim. Can you hear me? Yeah. Over. <laughs> over, over and out from uh, the wildest parts of Kent. Hopefully, let's let's see how it goes. Listen, uh, the the Wi-Fi is not brilliant, so uh, if uh, if I'm struggling, then please uh, kick me out and uh, put Sean on. See, uh, Sean's just said he's been on a three day bender, so maybe he's not in the in the best of <laughs> with Jerry Yates. Best person. How funny was that? That Jerry Yates thing. <laughs> They're going on the air. He was singing the song, going on the piss with Jerry Yates. What did he say? I'm turning my phone off. Don't don't come and speak to me for a week. Yeah, I think it was on with Radio Lanks, wasn't he? And uh, just, uh, yeah, just don't, don't, don't trouble me. <laughs> Every credit. <laughs> oh, but how are we all feeling the day after, just before we kick off with the show? How are we all feeling? Ex- I mean, ecstatic. Uh, for, yeah. for me, for me, it's, you know, we might just touch on this later on, but it just feels bigger and better than 2010 did for a whole host of reasons. And, I was fortunate that after the match, we were able to sort of just take it all in and probably because it was a little bit sort of quieter in the stadium and uh, just sort of have time to reflect and really soak it in and uh, and, ju- and just enjoy it and see where we are now as a, as a football club and a, you know, uh, a community and everything. It's just, it's just outstanding where we are. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's just so good and it? it's so, so good. Yeah. Uh, just a quick comment from Steve Hutchins. Steve said it was good to meet you yesterday, John. Yeah, Steve accosted me at the one of the water refilling stations uh, dire- directly after the game. So it's good to meet you, Steve. Filled my water bottle, and he had a. It was quite funny actually. He had this like, I don't know what can be described as Steve. It's like a little doll's water bottle, tiny little thing it was, and it was so small that it wouldn't operate the um, the sensor. It works on a sensor and just fills, and he couldn't get it working. But we got there in the end, Steve, didn't we? Got there in the end. He had to be there, I think. Tim, what's your mood then? Not a general malaise, I will wager. Uh, certainly not. I mean, um, I, I've been actually reflecting on things over the last 24 hours, and um, the more I reflect on it, the more I realise how important this today was. Tint. It's bit, I had a bit of a weird feeling. What's that guy? Oh, does something it, what's more that guy? That. Tim, you keep cutting out. Sorry, go on. It's, it's, it's gone all Norman Collier. Yeah, Norman Collier. You've gone all Norman Collier. Uh, Say that again. No, I, what I was saying was, I, I don't know whether it was... Conf, I, I couldn't work out at the time whether it was confidence or whether it was... Um, it wasn't apathy. It wasn't that, but I didn't... I didn't initially, I didn't feel what I felt in other playoff finals... But when I look back, I think it's because, um, and I've sort of said this on AVFTT tonight, um, I think it's because I know that the club's going in the right direction. If it didn't happen this time, it would happen next time. But when I look back now, I realise how important it was that we did actually win. And um, it was a really, I had a really strange feeling yesterday. I was not at all um, worried. Um, and it and it was, it was quite bizarre. Um, uh, but I, I, I'm... 
slowly coming to that. I, I actually think it's probably my favourite ever player final. A whole host of reasons, which I'm going to go on to discuss. Um, but um, yeah, I'm. Uh, I feel a bit of calm today, actually. I feel calm that we've, we're back where we should be and we're back. Everything that's, that was undone by those who shouldn't be named uh, has been corrected. And it's, and it feels sort of, um, I, I, I feel at peace of being a Blackpool fan mm. today. And, uh, and it's a long time since I've really felt that. I think um, a word I used in our pre-show chat was a, a rebirth of a club. And it, it feels like we've, come full circle now and we're at one with the team we're at one with the management we're at one with the directors and the fan base is back together again without these fractures in it I think that's Nick it's a it's a great a great place where we are now it compared is. to you know think back to three years ago when we were talking about creating Phoenix clubs and the like yeah absolutely and, and going back to the, the Cardiff game at the time you think amazing Premier League but None of us, you know, knew what was to come. And in so many ways, this one is is more important because with who we've got in charge, we know that, you know, they're going to do the right things and we're all headed in the same direction. All, I echo all the things Tim said, and it just feels like, you know, I'm not saying they're, we're going to go crazy next season and, and spend millions and millions of pounds, but, it, you know, he's not going to be willing to go back down again and, and it'll be about consolidation, I think, next season and they'll do what is ever, ever is whatever is necessary to do that and to keep improving in every department, every way, shape and form. And it's just a, a brilliant feeling knowing that, it, you know, we're not going to go through what we've, we've been through in the last 10 years with owners who are only interested in one thing and we've got an owner now who's, you know, is a fan and feels the same mm. way as us and it's, it's absolutely, you know, you just can't stop smiling when you think about what's to come. One thing Nick, that I just popped in my head then, um, if you watch the post-match celebrations and the, the rerun, which I did, I got home, mm. I got, must have got home just before midnight, and they were showing a, a, a front-to-back rerun of the entire game, not just the highlights snipped on Sky, so I thought, I'm going buzzing anyway, you know, I'm hyped, so I'm just going to stay up and watch it, and I'm glad I did, because it showed all the game and all the, you know, the, after, the after-match highlights is kind of clipped on those um, mm. highlight shows, but it showed everything. And just going back to what you were saying, the thing that struck me was Simon Sadler celebrating on the pitch, buzzing with that trophy in his hand, not caring that he's full of champagne and, you know, he's just mixing it with all that. Mm. When you compare it to when we won the Premier League at Cardiff, oh, Carl's, his hands together. Carl's dead-eyed smile mm. when Charlie's lifting the trophy, he was just like, you know... Yeah, kind of slow clapping along, and you could just see the pound signs mm. lighting up in his eyes, couldn't you? And yeah. that was a that was a difference the difference between the, between the two things and where we were then and where we are now. But um, absolutely, Mark. Just before we get going on about the match, let's talk about the day. So, how did how was your day? How was your journey? What was your journey? How did you get there? Any problems? And where did you end up drinking? <clears throat> Yeah, up, so up until was, the uh, point that I first saw Matt, <laughs> again, I'm saying this in the green room, we hadn't arranged to meet or anything, had we? The first time I clapped eyes on Matt, because I was with a different party, my friends and uh, sorry, my family. And uh, anyway, I was just walking up the Wembley Way, I saw the arch, and there was a line of coppers stock, stopping these drinkers, people knocking back cans, like, really, you know. Anyway, and I saw Matt, side profile, down like this guzzling a can in front of these line of coppers. It was so funny. It was an iconic moment, Matt. And I loved yes. it. And we recreated yeah. it via a photo, didn't we? 
We did. It was, uh, yeah. How, well, str- was how, how strong were you drinking? How many did you add by about then? Uh, not not so many. I mean, well, it depends really who you're talking to, doesn't it? If you're talking to me, <laughs> what my not so many is, is somebody else's not so many, isn't it? I mean, I um, well, I'll go back to your original question. So we started it. Um, there was eight of us on a, on a minibus. Um, we've used this um, this guy in this firm a couple of three times now, and he's uh, looked after us really well. So we we got on on the minibus. We left. Uh, well, I got picked up from FY four at six thirty in the morning. And uh, we were quite civilized. It wasn't. On, it was only until Warrington when we opened a can. So that was about <laughs> ten past seven in the morning. <laughs> so, so that was that was probably the uh, you know the slippery slope for the day, really. But um, yeah, we weren't going mental or anything. It was just uh, we had a nice sort of steady trip down, obviously at that time in the morning. So we pulled into. Um, we got dropped off just out, ironically just outside the, the Hilton Hotel, which is obviously where the uh, the team was staying but we didn't actually know that at the time um just after 11 o'clock and we were booked into the uh, the white horse pub um again just 100 yards away um from half 11 till 2 30 and we just it, it was it was a very civilized pre-match really because uh, the green man is is the usual sort of place of, of residence for us isn't it at Wembley mm. and I was getting you know whatsapp messages of singing and, and joviality on the tables and all that sort of stuff. Whereas we were just, you know, sat down in a mixed pub. Drinking heavily. Sort of just, no, not really. Just, you know, the casual sort of four or five, nothing, nothing major. You know, it was, uh, it was very, very civilized as yeah. far as we were yeah. concerned, really. Yeah. So it's good. Good. But then I got obviously, uh, you know, AC12 haven't been in touch or anything about the drinking in front of them. So uh, it all sort of went a little bit down at that point. <laughs> Tim, over to you. Now, just comment there from Damien Eady. Remember seeing Tim at Forest in 2004, first game of the season. Cubero sat in the stands with two subs. The dark days all gone. Um, is that Damien? Is that you from Countdown? I seem to that name yeah, rings exactly. a bell. Legend. PNE Crisis. It's, it's, Who remembers that? Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> but it's yeah, a, Tim, it's a go on, go on. It's, it's a game that I remember quite well actually because I think. Um, it was a particular low point, wasn't it? Yeah. And I remember actually, um, I actually had a bit of an exchange with Scott Cadellis this morning. And Scott was one of, sort of one of the people heavily involved in the Tangerine Knights. And it's probably, he, he's always been really enthusiastic about everything that we were doing. And he was always there to organise everything. And I think that, that was one game, that was a time where I think he had some doubts. And I, try, I tried to reassure him that, 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 you know, there's a game plan and we were going somewhere with this. And, um, and uh, so it really resonates with me because that was the game obviously we were turned up and they've got that um, guy who was secretary, uh, Hoff, wasn't it? And uh, they hadn't registered players God, and yeah. um, and, just, and it, the club was a joke. And um, it's very, very difficult, I think, looking back to quite appreciate what a car crash of a football club we were at the time. And um, so just to answer uh, Bison's, by the way, <laughs> With my roving reporter, I'm just trying to walk around the house to find the best signal <laughs> because uh, I suddenly realised where I was sat to start off with, and then when I sat second time, the signal's awful. So yeah, it seems to be alright. Seems by, to be alright. That yeah, you're stood right. by the Wi-Fi extender at the moment. So um, I think I'm here for the duration. So, uh, but yeah, it's um, and I remember seeing Damien that day, and um, I, I th- one of the things I think that, that, that sort of resonated with me yesterday was. Um, because probably there was less people there, you actually saw people that you wouldn't normally see. So, so for instance, we all saw each other, didn't we? And um, 
uh, and and I saw lots of other people who I knew where if there was 40,000 of you there, you would just wouldn't bump into yeah. each other, would you? Mm-hmm. And it was like, the, and, and so, listen, sort of days gone by, it was like there was 4,000 hardcore Blackpool fans, wasn't yeah. there, when we were all going. And, and, you, and you knew everyone's that, face, didn't you? You knew everyone. That's not to, that's not to say that uh, the people, some of the people in there are hardcore, because I know a lot of people missed out who'd love to have been there. <laughs> yeah. But everywhere you looked, you know, I saw everybody from the podcast. I saw everybody I know from uh, uh, from from uh, sort of business groups. I mean, and everybody I know from the Tangerine Nights, everybody I know from BST. It just seemed to be you bumped into everybody, and uh, it probably um, meant a little bit more because you saw so many people rather than just a lot of random faces of forty thousand or thirty-seven thousand, whatever it might be. And um, it, 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 yeah, it was it was special from that perspective. Hmm. And BFC was at that forest that day, and it felt like a deliberately petty act by a bowlhead to annoy Jose Vega. Probably was. What a mess! Just yeah, just think back to then to where we are now. Unbelievable, Jeff. Unbelievable. Right, let's get on with the game then. Our Seasiders podcast standards normally take. We review the team first, and Tim, I normally come to you with this first. Get it up. Team news. Now, the news broke to me while I was happily quaffing a couple of cans that I'd procured from the co-op just on Wembley Way, and the news was bad. It was bad news, wasn't it? And Ellis Sims missing out, Tim, on the... Yeah, well, kick of the game, the... taking a penalty, apparently, so it was a bit of a shock. Yeah, there was the good and the bad, wasn't there? The, 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 the incredibly sad news was that, that Ellis Sims had... Uh, and I said, I think, you know, the, the information suggests that... He, I think Critchers said this, that, you know, he was taking a penalty, one of the last penalties in the last warm-up set... Uh, sorry, the last training session beforehand, and he's... Um, he, he's pulled his groin, and um, and that's taken completely out of the equation for, for for yesterday, which is very very sad for him on a personal level. And the other one that I think we're all waiting on was was Ballard and whether Ballard will be fit. And is it, I thought he would be, but as it turned out, he was. Um, uh, I mean, the other thing I would say is that I think what we've seen with the Critchers teams in recent weeks and recent months is that we've got this ability to cope with with players missing in the way that perhaps we haven't done previously because there's a system, there's a game plan and, you know, you could probably permeate, uh, you know, any 11 out of 18 and without it causing us too much difficulty. So it was very, very disappointing for, for Ellis, but equally I was very pleased that Ballard was fit and uh, I felt that um, we had a team that could go out and win the game. Uh, I think everybody, I think he looked through the rest of the team, you know, Mitchell, I think, had staked his place um, and uh, it, it, it removed Ellis Sims not being fit, removed the issue as to whether he played Mitchell or Anderson. I think one of the two otherwise would have been, probably been on the bench. Mm. Uh, but I think otherwise it was pretty much as I expected. Nick, just coming to you next, I'll just read out the team because I forgot. Maxwell, Turton, Ballard, Husband, Garbutt, Stuart, Dougal, Mitchell, Embleton, Anderson, Yates, with a very strong bench of Stuart Moore, Gabriel, Thornley, Epiteta, Ward, Hamilton and Medine. So, Nick, I think as Tim's touched on there, the importance of Dan Ballard starting that kind of, that kind of um, smoothed over the fact that Ellis Sims wasn't playing for me. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Uh, it, it was absolutely crucial that Ballard was going to be in. I think without him, we could have been in for a tough afternoon. Uh, gutted for Sims because he's done so well. 
Um, but the fact that we've gone up, hopefully it means it might not be the last we see of him in a, in a Blackpool shirt and he can, he can be with us next season. And I think other than that, it was probably pretty much as expected. Good to see CJ back on the bench. Wasn't necessarily expecting that one. So that was good. Um, yeah, real shame for Sims. Um, but other than that, probably uh, the team you'd expect to see, really. Yeah, Matt. So when you saw that team line up, what, were, what was your thoughts? A, a on the, a, the the personnel, and B, how did you think he was going to approach the game, formation wise, and that? Yeah, I mean, initially uh, it was it was relief um, to see Balor's name up there, especially as it is in that order, and he's obviously re- reading from from top to bottom. And then reality was sort of biting when you think, shit, where's Sims? And it's like, oh my God, what's happened to him? And obviously we, you know, we didn't know at the time what the injury was. Obviously he was, uh, he was just missing. So it was the only time, um, weirdly, at that particular point when I had a, a sort of a seed of doubt in my mind really about how, how we were going to progress. But, uh, you know, when you sit down and sort of analyse it a little bit further, um, you just think, well, they, you know, we've we played Yates on his own up front and we've done this before and we, we're going to play a 4 4 one, one probably with Anderson. It, it, you know, there's there's so many positives as well, you know, as unfortunately this big negative for fairly Sims missing out in that we, we've seen that Christie can change things anyway. So yep. weirdly, it was just, okay, well, this is the starting eleven, and they'll be good enough. And that's how we've approached obviously every game since day one almost I guess certainly since uh, September October time um, and yeah so it was good to see uh, Hamilton come back in into the fray which which again was it was a pleasant surprise as well because I wasn't even contemplating him being involved um, so yeah once once I sort of you know soaked it in that um, that Ballard was in and Sims wasn't it was like right okay well let's just get on with it now and and crack on and and, and let's let's bring it home if we look at uh, Mitch's comment there, he's just said, mad that we're all bricking it, that Sims was out, and about a month ago we were all saying it was rubbish. And, you know, that's a testament to Ellis Sims, isn't it, to illustrate how far he's come in the past sort of four to five weeks in his development. That, yeah, it's, it's a true true statement, that Tim, wasn't it? Can you hear me, Tim? It's frozen up, I think. Yeah, yeah, and I'm struggling a bit, the guys. I think I might have to go off and... Um... And if you want to replace me, I'm, it just keeps dipping out. That's all right. Just keep on. Just see if we'll, we'll, we'll carry on. So let's go on to the game then. Match itself. Who wants to come out on the uh, opening minute of the game? Who wants to come in on this? <laughs> Pre-match bongs. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those, isn't it? It, it happened and you kind of just... Obviously, I, I couldn't be there, so I was watching it in the in the pub with uh, a few of the lads. And, oh, where did you, uh, Nick? Sorry, just Nick. Where did you watch the game just before we started? So we were in St. Anne, So I made the silly mistake of being on it till two o'clock in the morning the night before, around at John Hothersalls. <laughs> so it's one of those said it is asking you wake up and think, oh, why did we do that? And then went to Spoons at ten. I couldn't have a pint until I think it was about twelve o'clock. Um, and then once you're back on it, you're back on it, aren't yeah, you? Yeah. So we'd had a few uh, by the time kickoff came round, and yeah, you just it, you go one nil down in the way we did, and you just uh, we we're just looking at each other, thinking, "Hang on, has that just happened?" Yeah. You know, so yeah. so early in the game, um, and you know, an avoidable goal, but one of those things, isn't it? It was down the down the right hand side, and. I, 
you know, people probably give turt and stick for it. But I think when I watched it a few times again this morning and when you look at the ball coming over, I think Turton thought Maxwell was going to at least get a touch on it. And and when he didn't, it's, you know, it's under his feet. He, he couldn't get it out from under his feet and he's gone with the wrong foot and it's, it's in the back of the net and it's an absolute nightmare start. Um, yeah, you're just scratching your head thinking, is it is it going to be one of those afternoons, you know? Not um, wanting to um, big myself up here, but if you look at Dan BFC's comment, John summed it up on TalkSport earlier. Such a Blackpool thing to happen. Did anyone catch me, me on TalkSport <laughs> at 2.30? Do you know what I mean? Media whoring on that uh, radio channel over the last... John, the John, John, you're on... You're on. What? You're on you're on radio and TV so often these days. It's hard to keep track of it. <laughs> Turned down five live as well, didn't I, Tim? Not hear me. Yeah, yeah, can hear you. Yeah, turned down yeah, and invited to step in as your substitute. <laughs> <laughs> Said no, I don't do five lives five live these days, uh, lads. Um, I'll, I'll bang me sub in. So I got Tim to do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, as as I was saying, Matt on um, Talksport, it was. For me, it was it was like a surreal thing. It was like, is this is that ball in the net? Is it a goal? Is you know is this happening? And yeah, it was. I mean, it took a while for the Lincoln fans to celebrate as well, which made it even more bizarre. Yeah, it was it was very reminiscent of Phil Barnes's slip, wasn't it, against Leighton Orient, um, two thousand and one? That was in the first minute, if memory serves me, and. We had, um, I said there was a group of eight of us and, and this is how old we are. We've got two two lads who are who were 17 with us in the, in the minibus and these lads obviously haven't, you know, got, you know, they haven't uh, sort of appreciated what 2001 was obviously other than watching it on YouTube or whatever. And I was sort of saying to them, you know, don't panic lads, you know, it's, it's one mil down after a minute. We've got 95 minutes possibly to go here and, Whilst I was saying it, I was thinking, oh, fucking hell, I hope so anyway. You know, I'm doing my best sort of paternal thing for them to try and calm them down. And inside, I'm doing cartwheels myself, really. But um, yeah, looking back at it this afternoon, it's the first time I've, I've, I've actually watched it back. And it was just a bit of a comedy of errors, wasn't it, really? Um, I think uh, Maxwell, like you say, sort of dummied himself in a way. And Turton's <laughs> right leg was like as wooden as Wurzel Gummidge's. It was just horrendous, wasn't it? So, yeah, Tim, a good look, point about Bison yeah. says as well. Sorry, John, about, it, you know, no, we should have stopped think, the cross coming in. I think he should have. He think he should have put a tackle in straight away. The ball mm. was there to be won. And he was just obviously didn't want to put a tackle in for whatever reason early on in the game. Maybe it's not get booked. Um, Tim, you were saying. Well, he did that a few minutes later, didn't he? So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, as I thought it was a strike. The one of their strikers went into the front post, didn't they? And I think I think there was perhaps Maxwell thought that he was going to get in touch yeah. on it, mm. and then he didn't. And it, and uh, I think that sort of uh, wrong footed him a little bit. Uh, and then obviously it comes across like Turton was just a calamity, really, wasn't it? It was just uh, he wasn't expecting it to come through to him, and it just sort of almost bounced off him rather than anything else into the goal. So I was feeding that. Um, <laughs> um, Nick, it was like the Leighton Orient final of 2001 all over again. Mm. Yeah, yeah, with the uh, with the slip. And you kind of, like you say, you're looking at it thinking, has that actually happened? <laughs> and as someone said in the comments there, they were, they were having a lot of success down that right-hand side. Um, Garbutt 
got booked and rightfully so because it was a poor challenge, wasn't it? And at that point, you're just thinking, is it going to be, you know, is it going to be one of those days? It's against Lincoln again. They've taken points off us in the season. Are they going to have the measure of us? But I thought kind of after that, we started to find our feet a bit and, you know, get a decent bit of possession um, and, and start to feel our way back into the game. Uh, which we needed to do because it, it was it was looking worrying. You know they had that chance, didn't they, where they've they've hit the bar, and you know if that goes in, you're just thinking. I know we've got a hell of a lot of character into that team, but at two 0 down, would we have enough to come back? Um, and thankfully, it didn't. And and as the half went on, we, you know, we started to stamp our authority on a bit more. And down the right hand side for them, for whatever reason, they they weren't having having as much success or weren't going down the right, which to me was the only. Real thing they had all afternoon, wasn't it? Down that down that side, like Brennan, um, Brennan Johnson. He was a he was a yeah, real handful, yeah. wasn't he? He was getting... he was indeed. Yeah, he looks a decent player. So um, once that's you know ceased to happen, we started to find our feet a bit more. Matt, were you how how were you feeling in the first twenty minutes? Because I think we only really started playing and imposing ourselves after they clipped the bar. You know, the angle of post and bar, and that kind of that woke us up for me. And I think it was yeah, like I mean, a warning sign, as Nick said. If that goes in, we we've got a, an absolute mountain to climb. Yeah, I mean, I think I think after the goal, almost immediately after the goal, we did try and sort of stamp our authority on the game as such. We just took the just took the sting out of it, I guess. And I think that was probably actually the, the game plan. Anyway, it just unfortunately we were one nil down at the time. It was just a case of you know concerted and asserted sort of pressure, and that's what we've done. Um, delivery is arriving. Yeah, it's go. good man and well trained. Well done. <laughs> I just texted my nephew to bring me a drink. Well. Up. <laughs> get me a drink, otherwise you don't get any sleep tonight in that bed. Yeah, you're out in the shed. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I thought you know I thought we stamped our authority on the game. Um, you know, to a degree, and obviously them clipping the corner of the crossbar and the post sort of shook us again in a way. Um, and then uh, it, it was just like, it, we've just been a, a bit of a machine, haven't we? And I think that was, I said pre-match in my uh, little video that we did, I think um, I used the word, would grind them down. You if did. we could control, if we could sort of, you know, control the, the first 10 minutes, but unfortunately we were 1-0 down. But you know, we've just proven so many times this year that this this, this side, I don't know when they're beaten, do they really? So it's, uh, it was really, really good. I think you predicted 2-1, didn't you, Nick? I did, yeah, yeah. I didn't predict Kenny Dither with both goals, which I had done. <laughs> I had a bet on 2-1 uh, and Luke Garbert to score, but uh, there'd have been some odds on a, a Kenny Dougal double, that's for sure. Shame you didn't do 2-1 and Luke Garbert to get boxed in the first 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> Tim, interesting comment from Mark Gray there, coming in on Facebook. I think it was the best thing ever, them scoring early. Then they just sat back and Blackpool dominated play for 10 minutes. I think that's a, think a reasonable what, shout, isn't it? I think it's always very difficult when you score that early. Again, we know we've alluded back to the Orient game, haven't we, where um, uh, where we conceded a goal in the first minute the same in the same way. And it, and it probably unsettles them as much as it unsettled us in that you know, they probably have a game plan. The game plan doesn't involve them scoring quite so early on the game. And then you've got to think about how you're actually going to play the rest of the game out. Are you going to keep coming forward? Are you going to sit back and try and protect that lead? And um, I think it's fairly, um, uh, you know, the fact that uh, other than the clip in the bar, they don't have another shot on target all game. And um, I think it woke us up. I think it's probably with hindsight, one of the best things that could have happened to us. Mm. Um 
it, it, it focused minds and focused energies in the way that perhaps it might not have done if we hadn't had that early setback. Now, it's easy to say that looking back, but I think everybody in the stand really thought, when it, even when it went in, it was a bit of a strange one. But I think everybody thought, we're still going to win this game. I, I thought we were still going to win the game. And I think... The, I think the players thought they're still going to win the game. And I thought mm. the management thought they're still going to win this game. Yeah. And uh, there's like that collective resolve in the way that I said it, it, it was a very bizarre experience because I don't think I've ever been as confident in a Blackpool team <laughs> delivering the result that we want. And, you know, and, and you know, particularly the, the two in midfield, I thought, you know, we can talk about Dougal for his goal, but Dougal and Stewart sort of came, came of age as a pairing, I thought. Or yesterday, I think um, particularly I think Stewart. Had- Stewart was just commanding that. Yeah, he, he, showed, role, he, he showed his class. He showed his, and to be fair. I think he's improved as as. I think we've always thought that Ward and um, and Dougal are the better pairing, but I think as they've got used to each other, Dougal and Stewart, you can see. Uh, how how much quality Stewart's got? Where previously we perhaps thought he was a little bit too negative in the way in his approach to the game, but it, it, you know he. he that that pairing came came of its own, didn't it? Yesterday, I just think they dominated them in the field, and I think that set the tempo for the rest of the game. I think what was also important was that when you always sense um, that there's a I don't know a uniqueness about our fans in that when we did go behind, and even I mean obviously before then, and and but immediately afterwards, you try and lift the players on the pitch as best you can, don't you? But it was just relentless yesterday for 90-odd minutes, we just didn't stop singing, didn't stop shouting. Um, we obviously knew there was only 4,000 of us in there. And I don't know how much of a racket it seemed to be, uh, you know, come across on the TV. But even live, it was bizarre in a way because you knew there was 80,000 empty seats, but it just didn't feel like no, that at all. No. It was great. Absolutely so, some, well, a little comment I remember reading, Matt, was someone said about the Lincoln fans came to watch the game, but the Blackpool fans came to be... A- came to the game to become a part of the game. I think that was yeah. a, that's a good... Yeah, yeah, good point. Good little district. district. I think it was actually Holloway. It was, it was sort of a, a crib off something Holloway said, wasn't mm. it? And I think it's probably a reflection of the fact that we've been in quite a few player finals and we're almost like the veterans of it, aren't we? In our DNA, and, uh, I think they described it. Also. It's in yeah, Blackpool's DNA. I th- I, to, to be honest, I can actually... I can see the point being made because... You know, we're not turning up and going. Although I must admit, I did think the area around Wembley changed slightly since 2012. Jesus, oh, not, not off. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we're, we're there, and we've been there before. We've bought the T-shirt, so to speak, from the point of view of um, uh, getting to playoff finals, and we, we aren't. We, we know we've got a role to play, rather than just watching the game. And mm. I, you know, I mean, the, it was it was. Even when they scored that first goal, it was like the, the support from the stands didn't diminish. In any, if anything, it, it went up at Octave, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and the fact that we're all still... We're all stunned. As soon as the stunned... As soon as like we were stunned, Tim, that the fact we'd gone behind, that's when the noise level ratcheted up, ratcheted up again. It's a bit like against yeah. Oxford, wasn't it, when we conceded after yeah. seven minutes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think we've got that we've got a collective resolve as a as a team, as a fan base, and collective resolve not not to not to let scenarios like that <laughs> <laughs> not 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 to let not to let scenarios like that affect us because I think Swansea the day before <laughs> it had uh, 
it's a, it, it, they, they let the, it affect them when they're conceited and we don't, we know, we, there's, there's almost like a positive, yeah. positive energy comes out of it in that we're not going to let this, it's a little bit like the 2010 team were a little bit like that to be fair as well, weren't they, where um, you always felt, you always had that confidence in them when they went a goal down that that, that wasn't the end of it uh, by any stretch of the imagination. And I think this that that bond was there again today where we yeah. sorry yesterday where we really felt you know that that that's a little setback but we are still going to win the game and um and and, and I think that's where uh, you know there's like a a link between the fan base and the players that that works really well in that. I don't think anybody in the stands had any negative comments to make after that goal went in. It was just a case of, right, let's roll our sleeves up and go at it again. I think as well it helps in that situation when, you, like you say, you've got you've only got 4,000 fans, but it's probably the vast majority, you know, a time-served Blackpool fans, probably season ticket holders, been there, seen it, done it, and they understand what it means. They're not there as tourists for a day out, one game in 10 years or whatever. And, and certainly listening to it on the TV, it, it came across, you know, everybody was like, we've got to get behind the team. And it was just nonstop. And the players, you know, they must hear that and and just it give them so much confidence, you know. Um, you know, the, it, like you said, there's just such a bond there. Yeah, there's even... What was it on? Th- uh, the goal came on 34 minutes. And on half an hour... Eddie, my son, he's, he's he's only seven, so he's he's quite he's not really into it. But he he was into this game, just sucking in all the atmosphere and the big trophy and the whole majesty of Wembley. And he he was he was starstruck by it all. And I think this is the game for him where it's clicked because it was off in his seat, and he was nearly in tears on half an hour. I could see his face; his look was criminal. I said, "What's wrong?" He says, "Why are we still losing, Daddy? I don't have, I don't want to lose." <laughs> And I said, I said this to him, and I genuinely meant it. And I said, I said, don't worry about it, Eddie. I said, we'll be level by half time. We'll go ahead in the second half. I was, I was that ultra confident. And lo and behold, um, Matt on thirty-four minutes up, up, up pops Kenny Dougal, and um, what a strike! And it's the way he dragged the ball over with his right foot, rolled it to his weaker left, mm. and what a finish it was. Yeah, I'll, it, it's it's one of the funny things about going to Wembley is that one of the main things you're concerned about is which seat you're going to be in and which view you're going to have because obviously it's it's so different to to, to a home game and we were so lucky we we had seats um, right behind um, the goal um, on the first tier but right at the back of the first tier so you could see everything from from both goals and. It, we were just perfectly behind um, both goals, and, but the first one in particular, you know, it was, it was, just, it was just so sweet, wasn't it? Because it sort of just, just, just sort of faded away, bent away like a golfer would, I suppose. Um, and it was just out of reach for the keeper, and it came at just the right time. And I was like you, John. I just thought, if we get one back at half time, these lot are screwed. They're not going to come back into it at all. Um, and it was fortunately for us, it was just a matter of when rather than if, because I just saw us building more and more momentum. And, you know, we've not necessarily been a team, have we, this year, where we've had to create 25 chances to take one or two. We've been pretty clinical. And, um, yeah, for, for somebody like Dougal to, to hit a 20-yarder into the into the corner was uh, was great. Absolutely fantastic. It was, Nick, it was, a, it was a massive, massive moment in that game. 
and it yeah. it made it turn, didn't it? And it hat, did. Hats, off, think, hats yeah. off to Jerry Yates as well in the build up. Yeah, absolutely. Great layoff. And, you know, we've talked about if there was one criticism of, of the centre of the park, you know, not enough goals. And um, it certainly put that right yesterday. And at first glance, I thought, oh, could the keeper have done better? But when you see it again, I think the keeper was a bit unsighted. It was the defender just in front of him. So he, he saw it a bit late. But like you said, Matt, it's the way he just curled it away from him. Yeah. Just absolutely perfect. And like you said, John, it's just a crucial time uh, for us to score. And I think psychologically for them, you know, they did had a really good start. It's like in a boxing match, they've given it the best shot and we've kind of shook it off. And then it's like, right now it's our turn and going in level at half time. I think there was only going to, you know, I felt there was only going to be one team to go on and win it. So, so it proved to be. Tim, your, your thoughts on Kenny's goal. You've been a big champion of Kenny this season, haven't you? And just to see him score at such a crucial time yeah, in the game. Mate, must have been you mate, Kenny. Oh, yeah, I've had your picture Mind taken you with him, haven't you? Had a photograph to the game. Uh, he's, um, I, I thought, um, uh, I thought that's, that was a part of, the, part of his game that was missing. And um, I think as we go into the playoffs, he seems to have found his shooting boots. I saw um, an interview that he did, and um, he said that he was knocking it quite a few in in uh, training, and the lads have been encouraging him to shoot. And... Um, I think that was a very wise bit of uh, sage advice with hindsight, wasn't it? Because um, he is, if he's able to do that on a regular basis, he becomes five times the player that he otherwise is because, you know, uh, a goal-scoring midfield player is, is, is like gold dust, aren't they? And um, Gold uh, dust I from the Gold he's, Coast. He's, he's over... <laughs> Yeah, gold dust from the cold coast. That's that's rather rather apt, isn't it? And um, he, he seems to. I mean, it's the first time I spoke to him yesterday, uh, just after the game. And he's a lovely guy. He's, he's, his missus was lovely. He was he was happy to have ten million photographs with everybody. Looks really chilled out. But you know, he's he, he just brings that calmness on the pitch. I think where um, you know. It's very difficult sometimes when teams are coming at you, and he'll break up play. He'll just, you know, we've spoken about this before, haven't we? About play the easy ball, play the ball. But when you can bring that attacking intent into your game as well, which he's clearly done during this playoff spell, then that makes him an incredible player for us. And um, I just hope we're going to we're going to see that continue into next season because um, he's, he's clearly shown that, you know, given the license to, to to push forward and have a shot, that he's got the ability to actually do it. Yep. Which we, we were all criti- we were all, that was our one criticism, yeah. it, wasn't it? Our one criticism is he doesn't. Sh- if he does shoot, it's way off target, and um, uh, and he's, he's clearly addressing that, which is great to see. Any contention in the build-up to it? Uh, uh, the ball appears to strike Hamilton's arm, Nick. Do you views on that? Yeah, it's. I mean, there was certainly a shout from it uh, for it from their fans. Uh, it's one of those in if it's VAR, it probably, you know, could could get ruled out, but thankfully it wasn't and you know it's gone in our favour. The ref, to be fair, was in a very good position. He was he was, you know, right close to it and he's waved play on. I think it's bounced up and it has hit his hand, but you know, you'll you'll take it, that's for sure. Uh no VAR, so happy days for us. Mm, yeah. There's no no intention, was there? And nothing. No, there wasn't. The it, 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 it was balls to hand, but yeah. Yeah. I think it's one of those ones that nowadays if they look at it, they probably would rule it out. But 
Thankfully, the ref saw sense and let uh, play go on. <laughs> and, thank- and thankfully, they didn't decide to use VAR. Yeah. Do you reckon that would have got pulled for VAR then? I think so, yeah. Think I think it probably would. Right. Um, yeah. we, we didn't mention Dimmy Mitchell in the first half. He had uh, two or three uh, good forays up front, some good attempts, and he's even, he's even got a couple of headers in, wasn't he? And he had a he had a great first half, didn't he, Mitchell? Yeah, he, play, he played really well, and he obviously, you know, we, we touched on the fact that he deserved his starting spot, irrespective of of Sims's injury or, or not. I think, and um, yeah, if if he was able to add a few more goals to his game, he'd be um, it, it, it'd just be an, a, another excellent addition to the midfield. But he was he played really well, and that was it, it was good because what one concern that I had, I suppose, thinking back, was that. You know, we've got a lot of young lads um, who've got no experience of playing in front of fans, let alone at Wembley. And uh, Mitchell would have been one of those. Um, but it didn't bother yeah, him at all, to, did it? it? It didn't. You know, I mean, uh, uh, this is it. We're, we're obviously getting players in who aren't just good players, but they've got good characteristics. And uh, this is probably the reason why, you know, the, the recruitment team have um, obviously ultimately done a, done a really decent job in getting the likes of Ballard and, and, and Mitchell in. Um, so, yeah, he, he had a, a chance where he, um, he he sort of hit it first time, didn't he? And the goalkeeper made a, a decent save. It was fairly central to the goal. If it was a, a yard or two um, to the goalkeeper's right, it would have probably no doubt finished in the top corner. And then, he, like you said, John, he had a, he had a header in there as well that got uh, fairly straightforwardly saved. But, you know, he's getting, he's getting in those positions and it's just another um, headache for, for the Lincoln defence to have to deal with. So we've gone in at half time, tails up, Tim. It was a. I can't remember, was it Nick who said you, we, we, were, we were ultra confident and the, the, the screw had turned, I think, going into the first half. And we've come out in the second half as we've started the first, pressing them and kind of inevitable, wasn't it, when, when we scored? Was it 53 minutes? Um, Kenny's popped up again. Similar finish, but uh, another, another great finish drilled into the keeper's bottom right corner. Yeah, with his other foot this time, but it was almost like a carbon copy, wasn't it? Just drilled it into the corner. And, you know, I felt at that point that that's the game one. I think, you know, we'd, we'd, uh, like you said, started the second half like we'd ended the first with, with, with a, a decent amount of pressure. And I just couldn't see us giving it away after that point. It was, uh, a brilliant finish again and, uh, and great to see. Matt, your views on the goal. Jerry Yates involved yet again. Yeah, and um, he, he was he was so good. His, his overall game is just fantastic. To see him live in the last couple of weeks that we have, it really does, you do really appreciate the, the work rate and the effort that he puts in. But also, you know, he, he's got a hell of a lot of skill about him. He's not just a goal poacher or anything like that. He can do a lot of work outside the box and he uses his brain to... to to just lay it off to Dougal and it was funny really because it, it like I said mentioned before our seat position was, was right behind that goal and when it left Dougal's foot it was like the I don't know I'll, I'll use a cricketing analogy of sort of like the the, the, the thwack of willow on uh, leather on willow and it was just you, you, you know the, the hit you heard the hit and then you heard the back of the net and it, oh god it was just such a clean strike absolutely perfect and it, again it just had that bend on it to take it in almost from not quite wide of the post, but it, it was just perfect. And yeah, bedlam ensued. Tim, it was, it was the technique that... Yeah. 
Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is uh, not yet. Yeah, so uh, Dougal's used to get that ball kind of in and out. It's with the laces, but more towards the outside of the foot, which gives it that little bit of bend. But he didn't have a lot of back left either because it was played in quite quick to him. And for him to get the shot away that quick, you know, you know, when you see that down at five side at play football, the likes of us spooning it over. But he's got over the ball, no back left, and pure control, wasn't it? And the way he's drilled that into the corner, absolutely brilliant strike. It was it was superb, and, and I think what you've also got to bear in mind here is that Dougal's never scored a brace, as I understand it, ever. And you know, to what a what a time and a place to actually do that, and 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 you know. In one respect, it's a pity he didn't get a header in there because he'd have had the perfect hat trick, mm. wouldn't he? Because, mm. um, you know, like we said before, right right foot, left foot, he's shown he's got technique with both. And um, um, two fantastic goals. I mean, I'm so, so pleased for him and and uh, so, so pleased for obviously for us that we've got a player like that playing for us who can who can score goals like that. And, um, and, uh, and uh, you know, he, he, he was deservedly man of the match, wasn't he? Yeah. So Nick, um, Lincoln have had a, a spell of pressure after we've gone ahead. Um, not directly after, but they, they were they were looking, they were pressing, weren't they, for for ten fifteen minutes and yeah. nothing, nothing too serious. But it was quite worrying, wasn't it? And the the, the, the was clock was ticking moments, very it? slowly, wasn't it? Yeah, around that camp. the uh, the lad the lad they brought on. I can't remember his name. The ginger haired lad. I thought he was uh, a bit of a handful. Callum Morton. Um, Callum Morton. Yeah. And there was that that moment, wasn't it, where they did crossed it over, and we were all at sea for uh, thirty seconds or so, and it it got cleared, and you know thought it's gonna if that had fallen to one of their players, it could have been a different story. Could have but gone anywhere, couldn't it? That melee, it melee. Could have, yeah, it was like, what are we doing? It, we just I don't know, forgot how to defend for a minute or so. Uh, but then I think other than that, we you know it, it it was okay, and you know we managed to see the game out. Matt, we, we we saw the introduction of Gary Medine on 69 mm. minutes. Uh, Dimmy Mitchell running to the ground. Brilliant performance from Mitchell. But Medine made a massive difference for me when he came on. Yeah, he, he did. And um, he, I mean, everybody's played the part um, in, in, you know, in every way on uh, on Sunday. And I thought Medine was excellent because initially I was a bit concerned in a way that he came on with 20 odd minutes to go possibly. And, um, you know, you want him to come back in front of you. I probably wanted him to come on for five minutes just to be a bloody nuisance near the corner flag. But, you know, he had, he had 20 minutes, but he, he just picked up from where he left off um, several weeks back. Um, it, yes, he was a nuisance, but he was an effective um, target man, uh, held it up well, 
uh, flicks on to Yates. Um, obviously, there was a, a chance where he where he dummed it through, and uh, you know Yates just nearly chipped it over the goalkeeper, didn't he? Near the end, um, and he'd only yeah, been on three he, minutes when he did that. Three is minutes. that right? Is it as quickly as that? Was it right? Okay, I didn't appreciate that. And um, yeah, so he coming on. Obviously, Hamilton played his part as well when he came on as well. As did Thornley. I think did, yeah, Thornley came on, didn't he? Towards yeah. him. And um, you know, it's just a little cameo appearances, isn't it? That um, it just makes this team a collective effort all round, doesn't it? And uh, yeah, it was just it was just great. And that's you know all sort of summed up everything about us this this year. And uh, I'll just put me me little two anything about Dougal as well in that. When he came into the side, um, that's when things changed, really, didn't it? And it was very fitting, I suppose, that he was the man that ultimately, you know, got us uh, got us through to the promotion in terms of his goals and his his overall performance was just just outstanding, just outstanding. Tim, as uh, Matt alluded to, with that little chance for Jerry Yates, Gary Medine, as soon as he came on, he gave us that those extra options up front, and he? he was holding the ball up, and he was. I bet Yates was glad he was on the pitch because he's played that little dummy and played Yates in. And Yates should have done better, really, but you can't really criticise me. I thought it was in from my angle, sort of in the corner. I was all up celebrating, but you didn't have enough of a connection on the ball. Did he take it with the one? And it was going wide. I'll, well. cri- I'll criticise it because I had 3-1 Blackpool and it cost me about <laughs> 250 quid. Oh, what a shame. What a shame. So, um, yeah, but I think, I think Yates just gave us that physicality up front that we were perhaps missing a little bit. Um, it's it's hard when you're up front on your own. I think, as we saw, I think Yates was playing on um, uh, on, on on overdrive, wasn't he? Well, whatever you want to call it, he was out, he'd run fumes. out of batteries. Beer fumes, minutes. and I think uh, yeah, beer fumes. <laughs> uh, but you know, it, it, it's it's a hard task, and I think probably that that I had the same thoughts as Matt when he came. I thought, geez, that's a bit of just putting Medina on. Um, I was glad he. I, I was glad he came on at that time. I thought Yates needs a bit of assistance up front. And I was. I was loved yeah, it when yeah. he came on. I thought it was a great substitution. Well, right it, it proved to me. It proved to me, didn't it? Um, and um, uh, but I said I, that my initial thought was that it's five or ten minutes too early. But why? Equally, why though? Uh, why, why, were you, why were you thinking that? Um, because actually Mitchell was playing well and um, I thought Mitchell had something more to give and, okay. and, and when um, I thought when Medina had come on I've forgotten which game he came on now against was it uh, the Oxford game one of, whenever he came I can't remember the last game he came on but I thought he looked a bit he looked a bit unfit but I think when he came on to, when he came on on, uh, on on yesterday I thought he looked he looked superb and um, so I, I was um I'm happily uh, um, um, can be proved wrong on these things, and um, and uh, he, he, he actually a little bit of a battering ram, didn't he? You know, we sort of could put that's, the ball up that's there. That's a good description. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he could put the ball up there, and he would get something on it where otherwise it was going up and coming straight back. And I think the important thing when you two one up with 15 minutes, 20 minutes to go is that the ball doesn't keep just coming straight back at you. And uh, I think he did a massive, massive job for us up there and making sure that we kept it. We've got flicks, you know, we're, we're playing out to the wings. Whatever we're doing, he did it. And to be fair, to, to, fair to Medine, that's what he was, before he got injured, that's what he was doing for us, um, you know, back in uh, December and January, wasn't it? It was winning the ball, laying it off and let, let, making sure that we kept possession. And he did that. He did a fantastic yeah. job over that. Yeah, he was, Nick, he's, he's, he's in this four four two where we were really successful, wasn't he? And I, I mm. like the fact that we've got him there and we can use this alternative formation. We can mix it up. We can have this yeah. plan B. And I think he's a, I think he's a very important player. And I know a lot of people oh, are saying, uh, a lot of people will be saying, oh, you know, we should get rid of him. He's not the black, 
he's not the way he fits in. But I, I think he's the sort of player that we need and we should go out there and try and re-sign next season. Yeah, really it's certainly, you, you need that option, don't you? If things aren't going to plan or you want to give the opposition's defence something different to think about for 20 minutes, half an hour, whatever it is, he's the perfect man for it. And he scores goals, so why wouldn't you want him in there? You know, you don't necessarily want that 4-4-2 week in, week out. You need to be able to mix it up. But, yeah, absolutely is an option. It's it's just what you need, and especially in a, a, a player final like yesterday, yeah, definitely. As Tim said there, didn't he? Well, you know, when you want to see a game out, you want the ball to stick when it's going up front. You don't want it coming You're straight You're a defender, and 70 minutes gone. You're 2-1 down, and you see Gary Medine come on. What are you thinking? Oh, shit. You know, you're not thinking happy days, are you? <laughs> thinking, Christ, this is the last thing I need. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely brilliant. But just going back, I was just reading through the comments. I think it's Dennis has mentioned the uh, the, the challenge from Garbutt, which watching it in real time, I thought was a great challenge. But when you see the replay, he, uh, he didn't get the ball, did he? I thought it was outside the box, the initial challenge. I think it was just just on the edge, wasn't it, from, from memory. Is but, that the one when he pointed um, to the corner spot or something? Is it too, yeah. you know, like, to try and deflect the I, attention. I think they, said, they said great challenge. and I look at, Like I say, watching it in real time, you thought yeah. it was, but when you see it back, it's like, oh, yeah, he's, uh, he he's, uh, he's caught him there, definitely. I think he did give us a lot, this ref, didn't he? I don't know what you thought, Matt or Tim, about the referee. Um, I don't know about give us a lot. I think he was just, um, you know, fortunately a referee that likes to, the game to sort of flow a bit because, yeah. to, to be honest, I didn't really notice him much, which is always a good yeah. sign. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he booked, you know, players rightly. You know, he booked uh, Ballard when he, when he you know, pulled their guy back or whatever he did and uh, and one or two other, uh, you know, incidents as well. Booked Dougal for a foul near the end from what I remember. Loved that foul. You know, loved it. I love Papa shithouse challenger. And he threw the ball away as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was technically another yellow, so he could have gone off, wouldn't he? But um, yeah, I think I think the referee, if, if you don't notice the referee, they do a good job. And I, I really, you know, I, know, I don't remember saying anything about the referee during the course of 90 minutes, which is a very rare thing, quite yeah. frankly. So, um, yeah, all, all power to his yeah. uh, pen and elbow, I guess. Hey, Max, there saying we should not forget Gary's contribution to the whole season. I think that's easy to forget. The fact he's just been out for the last couple of months. So mm. It's going to be an interesting one, isn't it? Just moving slightly off topic in terms of his contract situation, because we all know he's one of the, if not the biggest earner in the club. And it'll be interesting to see where he sort of fits in in whatever um, you know financial plans we have, really. Um, so yeah, an interesting dilemma ahead, I dare say. A lot of love from the fans there. Mitchie saying, "Love Gaz, Gaz goals, keep, keep, keep." Alan Garforth, hope we keep Medine and be. I like him. He's a selfless player, provider, a selfless player and a provider. Um, yeah. So everyone's Dave Campbell agree saying yes. Yeah. So. Get him signed up, Simon. I, 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 I personally, that's the last time we'll see him in a Blackpool shirt. Yeah, that's, I, I do kind of think that, but I don't want that to be the case, Tim. And I, I think it'll be a mistake if they do let him go because he's proven at that level as yeah. well. He's proven championship player. Yeah, I think I think probably because we've gone up, there's more chance he'll stay because the wages I think will be easy to manage in the in the champ with on the championship structure. But I think he's a handful off the pitch as well as on the pitch, and I suspect we've probably seen the last of him. Mm. Be a shame, Nick. We had um, a double change on seventy nine minutes. What are two? What are two players to see coming on? Grant Ward and CJ Hamilton for Keshi and Embleton, and both Keshi and Embleton. We'll talk about them a bit later. Both had great games, but 
CJ Hamilton made a massive difference when he came on. He was really stretching their defence. Yeah, again, it's it's like with Medine coming on, you know, for Lincoln, they're looking at that thinking, oh, here we go. You know, it's only going to get harder for them. And again, it's a perfect option, isn't it? We know all about CJ's pace. Early in the season, he was the man we relied on for everything. And on, on a pitch like Wembley with, with 10 minutes to go, it's it's absolutely perfect, isn't it? And it just shows the strength in depth we've got in this squad. Hmm. I was I was I was getting a bit greedy in my head then, thinking, wouldn't it be great if CJ Hamilton scored like running from the halfway line at three, yeah. three well, you know, you could just sort of see. Well, there's it always happening. a chance, isn't there, on the break because they've yeah, got yeah, yeah. forward and yeah, keepers absolutely. coming up and it's yeah. just the perfect scenario for us bringing a yeah. sub like that on. Yeah. They'd have brought the curtain down, Matt, I think, on the whole day and game, uh, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. But you know, that's that's just us being greedy, isn't it? Greedy football fans that we are. No, and, and and it would have brought on my two hundred and fifty quid. <laughs> oh yeah, so of course that's the main reason. <laughs> Could have got a new little wine fridge with that, couldn't you, Tim? A, a red well, wine you know. fridge, perhaps a dedicated little red wine cooler to keep your red wine at room temperature, which I learnt from you. That's what you need to do, apparently, don't you? <laughs> Every day is a school day, we sit around. I was going to say, I was just about to say something very, very similar then, you know. I'm here to educate, John. <laughs> to educate and inform. Uh, Nick Jordan Thornley came on in the dying minutes to re- replace by Jerry Yates. Jerry's run himself into the ground. What was your, what was your thoughts on that? What do you think Critch was thinking? Just to, you know, shore things up a bit and see things out. I suppose the worry is if they get, you know, one in the last minute and, and Jerry Yates is off the pitch or if it's going to penalties. We said all that. Um, we said the same. Yeah. That was a bit of a concern, but as that didn't happen, it, it was a masterstroke. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I've just missed up, um, Morgan Rogers had a great chance, um, Matt. The one when it was on the left-hand side and he's curled it wide. He's not got the proper bend on it. It was a half no. chance and indicative of Lincoln's wasteful shots in front of the goal. I don't think they had a single shot on yeah. goal all game, did they? No, they didn't. I mean, like we said before, there was a little bit of a, a, a minute where we had a bit of a, a scramble going on and, and what have you. But um, that chance looked closer in um, live than it did when I looked back this afternoon. It was probably two yards wide, wasn't it, or something like that. But yeah. at the time, it just feels as though it just sort of whistles past the upright. But um, yeah, I mean, that that was that was my concern that, that the two wide lads for, for Lincoln were going to possibly cause problems for us with, you know, Turton and Garbert as good a fullbacks as they are they're no express trains are they and uh, I think apart from that first 45 seconds that was uh, that was pretty much all we saw down their flanks really which again just just testament to uh, to the work that the lads have done on the on the training ground to, to nullify their um, their attacking options really so yeah all good Tim just as the the game entered it's dying embers there they've chucked their goalie up to Caused confusion in the box. It was a couple of hair, sort of half hairy moments, wasn't there? And the the final chance of the game fell to Lincoln. Um, their substitute was his name, Motsoma or something. Um, Motsma. Motsma, yeah. Mm. Balls come to him. It was a bit of a calamity of our two centre halves going for the same ball. They both collided, landed on a pile on the floor. The ball's gone out to the what's his name, Matt. Well, I don't know if it was him actually. The one who, the, he had the shot over the bar. Yeah, mm. is that the one? I think it was P- Pool, possibly. Yeah, I think Monsman might have been the one that caused the sort of confusion or whatever. But I think we're all, we're all very happy, whoever it was, I think we're all very happy to see it go sailing over yeah, the bar exactly. because I think that was their last chance and, and it was that one where I think we all sort of relaxed and thought, 
we're going to do this because there's about a minute to go. I know the, there was a lot of extra time put on, wasn't it, because of a stoppage. Mm. But um, we knew there was a minute left and we knew we had a goal kick and we knew we weren't going to concede from that point onwards. So that was a, a real sort of mm. moment where you could just uh, just just yeah. relax. But um, yeah, when the keeper goes up, you always think he's going to copy Alisson, doesn't he, from Liverpool yeah. and, 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 and nick a goal for them. Uh, we've said it before. I've forgotten the guy's name now. The one from Carlisle did the same, same as well. Jimmy Glass, um, but yeah, yes. Jimmy Glass. That's it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, I said actually turned around to Sam and said, "Watch this keeper go up now and put an Ed one in the back of the net." But that's just you. That's just a pessimism of being a, a, a seasoned Blackpool fan, isn't it? That you think <laughs> that something like that's going to happen. But yeah, uh, I think we saw the game out well. I think we managed it reasonably well, to be fair. And um, and and again. It comes back to the way that we're organised and the way the players all know what they're doing. It doesn't, you know, when we are slotting people in, when we are making changes, uh, where I think, to be fair, you know, we've been critical earlier on the season. I think when we've made changes earlier on the season, we've looked a bit of a car crash. Um, I think as we've gone on and the players have uh, are fitting in the playing and they're getting used to the systems that we play, I think we're seeing less of that. And I think we're seeing it, uh, more of a seamless transition between substitutions, players going off and players coming on, and it not having a detrimental impact on what we're doing. So the final whistle's gone. Matt, describe the scenes at Wembley when, when he's blown that whistle. Well, uh, elation, relief, joy, ecstasy. Oh, just just every emotion you could possibly think of, um, in a positive way, anyway. And uh, for me, it was... Well, after about, I don't know, a minute or two of, of jumping up around and, and hugging everybody and anybody in a non-COVID fashion, um, I was just just able to sort of soak it all in, really. Um, we were sat where, you know, the, the, the barriers that are on the top of the of the stairs, and I was just able to sort of watch and, and, and lean out and just... Soak it you in. Know, soak it in. Yeah, exactly. You know, being a, you know, a, a hardened veteran of playoff finals as I am now, like you guys. And, uh, it was, it was just an appreciation of what, what we'd witnessed over the last sort of six months, especially, um, you know, since October, November time, it's just been, you know, a juggernaut. I think we've used that expression in the past and it was just a case of, all these emotions and I was able to sort of control. I was, you know, there was a bit of, you know, a bit of grit around obviously, you know, but it was, it, it was, was controlled. Yeah. It, was, you know, it, was, and it, yeah. it was just great. Tim, it was, uh, you it, know, brilliant. It, it was, it was an emotional moment for me, Tim. It, I don't know, there was something, there was something special about it and it, it kind of meant more than a lot of other playoff finals. I think it was, as we've said, and um, for me, because I had my son with me in the seven, it, it was just it was just a brilliant moment to see him buzzing, you know, jumping up and down on a seat. And it was, I was there with my cousin, my sister, to you know, her two kids as well. And it was a moment where we are we are back. We're not just saying we are back as in Blackpool. We're back in the championship like we were in two thousand and seven. But we're back as a club. We're back as a unit. We're back together. And it was a it was a beautiful moment, yeah. wasn't it? It, it was. I, mean, I think, you know, we, we, we don't need to revisit everything that's gone before it in, in any great degree. But, you know, when you reach the point where fans are having to boycott Wembley final in 2017, um, I think that says it all. I just, it's a pity in some ways there wasn't more there. Um, but, um, you know, I, I, I mentioned this when I was your substitute this morning on, uh, on, on Five Live that, 
Um, you know, there's some fans who didn't make to yesterday uh, because they boycotted four years ago and they're not here anymore. And um, it, I think it felt extra poignant that we're able to be back as a club. We're all at one. We're, we've got from top to bottom. We're, 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 this is a little bit of timism. A synergy, isn't there? You know, the 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 the, the, own, the owner's a Blackpool yeah. fan. He knows what he's doing. The board know what they're doing. The management know what they're doing. The players know what they're doing. The fans know what their part is as well. And I just I just feel this second half of the season that all that's come together in in such a positive way. And for it to finish the way it did yesterday is just poetry. You couldn't it's write. You couldn't. You couldn't. If, you couldn't write it, could you? If you want a, a way for the season to no, end, you couldn't. Yeah, just don't do a Netflix uh, and, and documentary. You, 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 almost, you almost run out of things to say about it, don't you? You run yeah. out of things to say because it's so it's so powerful the way we've come back this season, and and, it, and and effectively all the wrong has been undone, and we're back where really where we should be, and uh, that's it's just fantastic. Yeah. Um, Nick, just coming to you, yeah, Dan BFC. It got me right in, got me right in the feels. I think it's about eyes when I saw Dan Bollard lose himself in the moment. Brilliant, and I think this was. This was more the case, like, all the players, they were absolutely buzzing, weren't they? It wasn't yeah. just one of them. They were all as a collective. I mean, um, Jordan Gabriel, he was going mental, and he, he didn't play a part in the game, and it's mm-hmm. very sad that he didn't, because he's had a great contribution as well. Yeah. It's, they were all as one, weren't they? And they were they were loving it. They were absolutely loving the moment. It was, it was just brilliant to see. It was, and I think it just shows, like we've said, you know, what spirit there is in that team and, and what togetherness. And I, I don't know if you've seen the, the, the video of in the changing room afterwards with Critch talking to the players and them all cheering and they were throwing them up in the air on the pitch. The and there's just team. such a, yeah, such a togetherness. And, you know, obviously I couldn't be there, but the final whistle went and I was with, you know, a couple of lads, Gavin, Andy Reid, and who I've known all my life, same as Matt, and you know we've all been through it together, and we were just hugging each other. And it was emotional, it was, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and like you said, it just felt like this is almost a rebirth, and we know we're not going to go through those bad times in terms of you know the owners, um, and it's all going to be positive going forward. And that's the thing, you know that Simon Sadler wants the same as us, and to get into the championship, it's just absolutely fantastic, and that's. That was almost as much as the result. Thinking about what's going to be happening going forward as a club and where we are now, with like we say, those who shall not be named gone, and, and like Bison said in the comments, you know, cleansing cleansing the stench of them. It's oh yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. It really is. Right, shall we do player ratings, or should we not bother? Just give them all a ten. Yeah, tens. <laughs> I, know, I need to have my tea. Maybe twelve for Ke- maybe twelve for King Kenny, perhaps. But, yeah. Well, right, let's do man of the match then. We won't do player ratings. You've all every single one of those players got a ten. Let's just do man of the match. Tim. 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 Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. Man of the match. So, Tim. I'm, 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 I am suffering some uh, some uh, signal issues, as you could probably imagine. So it's I don't get the odd freeze at your end as well. A little red landing um, light. On that yeah. Anyway, go on. I know. I was going to put a light on because it's getting rather dark here now, and I, I sort of you're, you're emulating your crypt in Kent. I see. I'm trying to, uh, and there's going to be no more crypt when I get back. Yes. It's gone. Um, but um, anyway, uh, I'm. I, I, 
I think there's a few players who, who, who are up for it. I think Ballard had a superb game. I think Yates did. Um, but I think the, with a the, with the brace, his first ever double um, strike ever. Uh, and the way he played, I think I've got to give it to Dougal. Yeah. Matt? Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, those um, keepy-uppies with the misses in the back garden have just transformed his game from a few <laughs> weeks ago. And... Uh, um, yeah, he was he was immense. I mean, there was a, there was not just his, his goals, but his all round game, and you know, he looked like he could he played on Wembley twenty times before that. He was just awesome. So, yeah, King Kenny for me as well. Nick, yeah, it, it's got to be Kenny, hasn't it? Uh, he was fantastic, and and a brace at Wembley that's going to get you man of the match for me. Honourable mentions to Jerry Yates as always. Ballard was great. I thought Stewart was very good in the middle as well. So, yeah, but he's got to be King Kenny. Certainly King does. Kenny Dugal. As Bison said, King Kenny for me as well. You, you can't look beyond those two goals at a, a moment like that, a game like that. And he's he's delivered the goods when it's absolutely mattered. But Ballard, again, superb performance. Um, uh, not Ward, um, Stewart, like Nick said. Just ran the ran the engine room, kept everything ticking over. So, manager rating, manager rating, Tim, Tim. Um, I think Critchley is 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 filling the role extremely well. What I'm actually really impressed with is 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 the way that it keeps tying in because it's been very difficult this year because they, obviously the play and we've talked about this closeness between the players and the fans but I think he's 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 instrumental in engineering that I think he's um he's he's got the players with the right thought process and I I was at um I, I nipped to Wembley Hilton. I went for a bite to eat afterwards and all the players were out there and they were getting involved with everybody and it's fantastic to see. And I think he's instrumental in that. He keeps talking about it. He keeps talking about uh, the relationship with the fans. He's clearly loving it. And but as a tactician, he's coming to his own. And, and uh, you know, I, I can't speak any highly of him than to say, you know, um, I'm very, very glad he's our manager. And um, I'm going to give him. I've got to give him a ten for the way he pro. I think. I think the attention to detail is second to none, and I think that's what really, really impresses me. I think Lincoln turned up late, didn't they yesterday? Not necessarily their fault, but I don't think we'd have turned up late. I think his attention to detail is such that um, we're, we're always going to be the best prepared team that we could possibly be, and I don't think we're going to get out thought in relation to the tactical side of things, which is a massive difference from September and October. And he's learning um, and he's clearly a very, very competent manager. And I think he's going to be, become an exceptional manager. Matt, as Jeff said there, we just stuck with him 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And thank, thank God we did. Um, yeah. It was funny, really. Well, we passed it. No, we, we passed the, uh, the Hilton as well. And uh, all the players were outside and it was great. You could, you could approach them and they were approachable, which was, which was equally as if, you know, just, just really nice. And you speak to them and, and, and Critchley was there as well. And he's only about four foot two, isn't he, Tim? I don't know whether you, you saw him. He's, he's so he, wasn't there, he wasn't there when I was there. Oh, right. there's, there's, there's nothing on him. And so we, you know, it was quite funny really, because looking back at the, um, uh, at the game today, you've, you've got Neil Critchley, like say he's only, you know, five and a half feet and, and, and probably about six six stone wet through, and then you've got Michael Appleton in his big guns on the touchline, and 
you know, physically they're quite opposite, aren't they? Really, and but mentally upstairs, he's he's so he's obviously so switched on as a coach. He's just, you know, he, he's just awesome, isn't he? And you just feel that the players want to play for him. Players hopefully want to come and play for him as well come the summer. Um, there was an interview today outside the Hilton with Ben Mans uh, Ben Mansford, wasn't there? About you know they've already making plans and and all all this good positive news and. Um, it's just exceptional. Um, but going back to him, I mean, you've got to give him a 10 out of 10. He, he was just, everything he, he's, he he did over the last couple of weeks, especially, he's just touched, you know, he's turned to gold, hasn't it? Nick, for me, what's the, the big thing, the big change for me with Critchley is when, when I heard Ellis Sims was out, or if it had been GTF, if uh, Critchley had been in mm. charge at that time, I was, I was, you know, it was worrying when GTF was out. And normally if you didn't have a master tactician kind of pulling the strings behind the scenes, you'd be really worried that Ellis Sims was missing. But I wasn't, I wasn't, I was, I was annoyed that he wasn't playing, but I wasn't worried because I knew Critchley had sort the team out with a, you know, he'd, he'd come up with something, wouldn't he? And he did. Yeah. That's well, he interviewed him and said, you know, what a massive blow. And he said, yeah, it was, but we've had it all season. And I think that's been a big part of his learning process that he's had to learn to find a different way and, and at short notice, like has, has happened at the weekend. And like you say, you look at it and think, oh, you know, Sims is out, but for Critch, she's just like, right, well, I know what I'm going to do and I've done it and it, and it works. And it's been brilliant to see. I think Bison said in the comments, um, can we keep hold of him? And it's an, int- you know, it's a fair point because you can be sure that six, eight, 10 games into the championship season, somebody will be sacking the manager after a few games and a poor start. And you'd look at, Critchley and what he's done at Blackpool and think yeah why not but I think as a club now we're, we're going in the right direction and uh, we wouldn't let that happen and I think he'd want to stay and see you know improve himself in the championship and continue to improve with us so yeah it's a 10 for me yesterday absolutely brilliant um to tweak it with with Sims being out at short notice and it was uh, another Critchley masterclass Let's just do one little new segment that's popped in some head before before we sign off for the evening, and let's do rate the owner. So, <laughs> Tim, let's start with you. What does Simon Sadler now mean to Blackpool FC, and what he's done over the past eighteen months? Um, I think I think he's he's turned around the old tanker, hasn't he? Um, and it's you know I I know probably more than anybody else what a car crash of a football club this was when we first came in as the interim board and you know it, 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 there was a, we did a bit but he's done a lot and um i think he's he's um he's completely changed the mindset um in, in the football club and then um, professionalism, the professionalism business, and it's a professionalism win- for me tim that we're now a proper run yeah i think and, you know and, and I think I think um, it was um, it was interesting. Um, I hope I haven't lost you. No, no. Um, it was interesting when Mansford. Uh, I went to. Uh, did I, did you lose me then? No, no. Keep going. No, you still on? No, oh, no. Sorry, I, I lost you for a second. Oh, okay. uh, it was interesting. I went to I went to um, uh, the Morty hundred uh, hundred years celebration from his birth. It was interesting that Brett Gerrity was very very. Um, uh, uh, vocal about talking about 
Ben Mansford, I think, you know, Ben Mansford has brought a lot to this as well. This professionalism that you see. And um, I think, I think the best thing I can say is we are in the right ownership and, um, and, and coming from where we've come, and where we are now, I think, you know, and I go back to the comments I made previously, I, I if we had lost yesterday, I would not have been too upset. And the reason I wouldn't have been too upset is because I know that Simon Sadler and, and, and the people around him will make sure that it happens, if not next year, the year after. And um, when you've got that type of confidence in your ownership, um, be it the manager, be it the players, be it the fans, then I don't think you can ask for anything more. No, no. Um just before we go then, Matt, just a quick few words on, on Simon Sadler, what he means to you, what he means to Blackpool Football Club. Yeah, I, th- I think one thing that I'll just sort of add to that is that um, I hope that um, the fans, and I mean this in the sort of the wider um, sort of aspects, will back him as well as he's backed the club over the last 18 months. And I know that we don't live in a... Uh, area of the country that is, you know, affluent in any way stretch um, at all. Um, so hopefully with some sensible season ticket pricing and some pay on the gate pricing, um, I hope that we have a full bouncing and rocking Bloomfield Road every game of next season. Um, obviously COVID permitting and all that nonsense. Um, and we can finally, you know, give him some of our uh, back in as well um, so he's just been awesome for us and you know I think we can uh, reciprocate that hopefully in the next few months yeah I, I completely mirror, mirror that Matt I think mm. people need to now stop you know put your hands in your pocket start buying stuff from the club shop start buying match tickets support what this man has done for Blackpool Football Club because Nick we were on our arse four years ago and we were we were going to lose our club and we've got mm. it back and we've got it controlled by a man who cares for the club, loves the club. And yeah. we have to support him and just say thanks very you know, thanks from the bottom of our hearts, I think, for, for what he's done. Absolutely. I mean, you know, where would we be without him? We certainly wouldn't be sat here talking about a, a promotion to the championship, that's for sure. Um, you know, he took over and then he'd already had to spend a hell of a lot of money just trying to put things right, you know, with the ground and everything else and getting proper staff in, you know, we're talking millions and then COVID hits, you know, he's expecting probably a, not a full ground necessarily, but, you know, certainly very decent crowds and, and that revenue goes, it, you know, it's been a nightmare really. And he's been absolutely brilliant and we are incredibly lucky to have him. And I think people will back, you know, we've all, we're all dying to get back in that ground, aren't we? And I think it will be a very decent return on season tickets and it'll be absolutely bouncing. That's for sure. Yep. So yeah, it's, uh, it's more than 10 out of 10 for him. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Right boys. So um, closing thoughts then before we go, so I'll open this up to the room. We've done it. We've gone up. What next for the Seasiders? Um, I, I personally, I, if I go first, I, I, I was interested. I think I got I was on mute when I was trying to mention it before. I didn't realise because I, I was messing around with the light. As you can see, I'm, I'm about to fade into complete <laughs> darkness here. There's, there's a bat just gone past him. <laughs> You're not going to turn into uh, a vampire, well, are you? In fact, my hair looks like you turned into a vampire. Unfortunately, there's no made lights in this room. If there is, I haven't found where they are yet. I think there are some, but I haven't found the light switch. And um, 
Um, I think you talk about a rebirth, and I think that's what it is. I think, you know, um, actually, you know, I was, I was just thinking about, you know, if I was going to come out with anything today, what it would be. And, and I think it is, I, I was going to use the word renaissance, and actually that's French for rebirth. Ah, um, uh, is it really? That's what it is. Okay. It, it's about and it's about new ideas. It's about modernism. It's about uh, a positive aspect. And I think we've got we've had a tangerine renaissance. And um, I think going forward, I think we all want to see us. You know, we've got to be realistic here. You know, we're going up into big league, and um, there's a lot of teams with a lot of money. And and Sam has, and and literally, this is the league where owners lose the most money and I think we've got to be realistic about what we expect um, I think we've also got to you know Nick's mentioned about give time and, and 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 be understanding you know I'd like hopefully we can follow like a Brentford style model where we can bring players in you know this is what we wanted to do originally wasn't it develop them maybe sell a few but then buy you know I think um, Brentford sold a player for 30 million didn't they something stupid bought something for 10 and they've gone into Premier League. So I think you've got to, we've got to be canny. Um, we've got to remember where we are. It's a different, it's a different stage than it was even six or seven years ago when we were there last time. And, um, and I think we've got to make sure that we just give Simon, the board, the Critch and all the team, the 100% backing that, that they deserve because, you know, it's, um, it's an incredible achievement to have done it this season. And um, we're very, very lucky to be where we are. Closing thoughts, Matt? Yeah, I'll echo all of that. Um, I think the only thing we thing to sort of add really is that although we are going up to the championship um, where there is, you know, a lot of very good clubs, there are also a lot of very badly run clubs financially and otherwise. Um, so we've got every chance to make a, a really big impression on that division next year. Um, I'm sure there'll be... Uh, one or two players who will will want to play for us as well, who aren't currently signed for us, and that'll be a a big plus. Um, and I think there is a, a togetherness with this squad that I think it's just now a case of just tweaking this fine oil, well oiled machine, and and just giving it a, a decent go next year. Really, I, I think it will be a an exciting season for us. Um, we have come so far so quickly, really, um, and. We're, we're back in the, the higher echelon of, uh, of the English football pyramid and uh, let's just hope we can uh, we can stay there and uh, who knows, we can maybe dream a little bit further into the future about other divisions. And Nick, let's, let's dream about playing Preston at Deepdale again because we've got that back, we've got that game back on, back at the Nobbers, back at the Nobbers. Yes. It's going to be superb. I cannot, it is. I cannot wait for that. This is what we live for, isn't it? And uh, like Tim said, you know, it's it's a big league and there's a lot of big teams in there. I think next season for me is just about consolidation first and foremost. You know, I, I'd be more than happy if we're in that division, you know, for the next few years because it's a very good standard. There's a lot of decent teams. Uh, but I feel confident that we've got an owner who wants the same thing as us and it, he knows what it takes. And it's just great, isn't it, to be looking forward to all these positive things and... You know, they say you, you've got to have the lows to appreciate the highs. And my God, I don't think there's a set of fans in the country who've had the lows that we've had. So we've got every right to appreciate these highs. And long may it continue. The future's bright. The future is tangerine. It certainly is. So we've got a lot of nice comments coming in the in the chat. A lot of people are saying thanks a lot for the podcast this season. 
Um, the season's over now. Um, thanks for all your kind words. It's been really appreciated. Um, if, if guys, can, I think you can read them as well, can't you? These these comments that are coming yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can I just uh, give a big shout out as well? Somebody approached me at the end of the game, uh, Jake, and uh, we, had a, we had a photograph together. He's uh, he's watching the podcast. So uh, well done, Jake. Keep it up. And um, it's, it's 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 fantastic. So many people approach you and about. Mm. Well, 10 or 15 comments just from different people commenting very very positively about what we do I mean it's been it's been quite cathartic for everything we do hasn't it you know it we're, we're not going to games um, and uh, it gives us that opportunity to keep connecting with the football club and um, even though I'm Rapidly disappearing into uh, <laughs> complete darkness. It's weird. I'm still lit uh, up. Look, I'm getting a crypt, but I'm still lit I'm up. Not, I'm not far behind you. No. <laughs> yeah. I just I can't. I don't go and find try and find where the where the lights. You will execute himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going out with a bang. Oh, literally. <laughs> what are you saying, Tim? Oh, Sorry. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. It's just. It's really, really. Uh, we really appreciate all the comments. Yeah. I, you know, I, I know I do, and I'm sure you do. I yeah. mean, and, you know, yeah. you put a lot more work into this than than the rest of us. And um, I think, I think, was I, if anything, John, I'd like to make a thank you for you because it's been fantastic for all of us to be involved with this. And uh, you know, you're 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 the um, you're the person that knits it all together. So uh, well done, mate. Thanks a lot, Tim. Yeah, I know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. that. Does mean a lot. That yeah, I'm getting all tearful now. Um, so yeah, just before we go. There's been a renaissance at Blackpool Football Club, thanks to Simon Sadler and the team. There's been a rebirth of the club, and we just wanted to put one thing to bed. Those wretches that nearly killed this club, they are gone. They are consigned to history. And just before we go, I want to give you all a big a big laugh. It's the last time we will ever mention them, but they're gonna, we're going to go out with a bang. So just say your goodbyes now, uh, lads. Before we sign off, goodbye. Cheers, everyone. Goodbye. See you, see you all in the championship. Pool. We'll see you all in championship, listeners, viewers. Thanks for watching. Thanks for downloading. And we're going to see you out with a little, little musical interlude. And uh, here it comes. So enjoy. Thanks for watching. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for everything you've done this season, viewers, listeners. We've loved every second of it. And we'll play you out with this. Good evening. I've come here today to, to listen and to learn, to take away your thoughts, your feelings, any ideas you might have. Now? Every morning I wake up, I think of ways how we can resolve the problems, how we can get back to where we were. And even the grass is growing well this year, I have to tell you. It's important you know why I have the same passion, the same love for the club that you have. Yes, I've given my life to it. I worked for it for no salary. I worked for it without dividends for, for 25 years. 25 years. 
for 25 years. I poured money into it personally and through my companies. We got it to the Premier League because I saved it, because I poured money into it. I say we built an amazing stadium which is fit for purpose, which is worth a lot of money. They say that a lie races round the world twice before truth gets its boots on. The passion of the fans. I love Blackpool Football Club. It's my life. I remember the songs that were sung in the stands, the best ride we've ever been on. Best ride. in the final against West Ham we deserve to win that game it was the worst day of my life in terms of football I hate Oyston if you want to abuse Oyston do so if you want if you don't want to come and spend your money in the football club don't spend it at least love the club support the team support the players the question is I don't want to sell the club I don't intend to sell the club so at the moment we have each other we are where we are we've got to try and find an answer So just before you head off, I'd just like to bring your attention to a Patreon supporter program that we are running. This enables you to just contribute a small monthly amount to help support our show and support our content. So if you head over to patreon.com forward slash seasiderspod, you'll find details of how to sign up. It's about £3.50 per month, price of a pint, and for that you get a few other bits in return, which is access to our private members whatsapp group you'll get some exclusive podcasts competitions so we generally run match pass draws for our patrons and just other random bits and pieces as they come in and we are going to be running an extra time podcast which is going to be an exclusive podcast just for patrons so if you want to sign up patreon.com forward slash seasiders pod it'd be great to have you on board thanks for listening Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.